0: You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 139. 139. I hear an echo. Jimmy,
1: do
2: you hear that?
0: Is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. And occasionally we also talk about sex comedies from the 80s. You're we damn talk about, right we do. <laughs> we talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, <laughs> and a bunch of other crap. My name is Greg. I am jurned. Jer- I am joined by Perm Longhair. I am yearned by... <laughs> and an amorous poor boy. Let me show you something. We also have a special guest joining us tonight. He is the host of Squidditch, the premier Harry, po- Harry
2: Potter. <laughs> Jesus, <porn> Greg. <laughs> wow. How much have you had to drink? <laughs>
0: or, only half of my drink.
2: Let's try that again.
0: He is the host of Squidditch, the premier Harry Potter tentacle porn podcast. He is Omar.
3: I make no apologies for my pastimes. As and well, I'm, you should
0: not. No. He is actually here because he is our European consultant.
3: Correct. And that's I'm drinking of out of teams. a I'm drinking out of a Slytherin glass. Are
0: you really? I really <laughs> yeah, am. That's actually I funny. literally am.
2: There you go. Yeah.
0: When I wrote that little quip, I was not <laughs> looking at the glass you're drinking from. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm full of surprises.
1: <laughs> full of something cool. anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this week we are going to talk about Eurovision song contest which is why Omar is here. The story uh, of Fire Saga. Yes. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the game that just would not die. That's Friday the 13th, which is about, you know, the the killer that wouldn't die. And then we're going to go to 1985, and we're going to talk about... Things that pissed off
1: the killer in the before said game.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about a little sex adult. I'm going to say comedy, but... eh.
3: More
2: uh, on that later. Thanks for the called, segue, Rob. It's <laughs> called
0: uh, Private Resort. Uh, it, uh, it's problematic, but it know, I'm sucks.
1: personally trying to keep segways alive.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was a hard movie to sit through. Yeah, it was. It was oh, wait, very uncomfortable. I see what you did there. Uh, no pun intended.
0: Yeah, I didn't figure out who was doing the spoiler, but it's supposed to be uh, whoever just went last week. That's Jimmy. Jimmy, you, you were doing the spoiler no. warning. No, yeah, because you're, ne- you're next week, Rob. That's me. Great.
1: No, no, I was last week.
0: What, was oh, I? no, we did Alligator last week. We're
1: this is That was awesome me, video. genius.
0: That uh, was, was Rob. my movie.
1: Okay, Rob, talk about spoilers. Go for it, Holy Rob. crap. hmm This is a review show, there will probably be spoilers, we'll try to avoid any major twists, like always, but if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you should
0: probably use your own discretion,
1: because we will spoil the shit out of it.
0: Let's talk a little
2: bit about news. I have some very exciting news. What's that? It is concerning the best show that you're not watching. Uh, what show is that? That is a show called Kingdom... Kingdom was a direct TV exclusive series that you probably missed. If you did not have direct TV, you have not seen it. It stars Frank Grillo, uh, one of the Jonas brothers, and Jonathan Tucker, who is the absolute standout. You may remember Jonathan Tucker from Westworld.
0: Okay. I remember Frank Grillo from the Captain America
2: movies. And uh, I believe there's a host of Fight World on Netflix as well, which is really good. He's got, like, perfect hair. But uh, the <laughs> series just came game. out <laughs> today, July 1st. Um, as of this recording, it is available all three seasons right now, not to be confused with the Korean zombie show that we have talked about previously. Uh, okay. yeah, Kingdom what... is a show that on the surface appears to be about nothing more than mixed martial arts. But it's actually a lot deeper than that. It's about the strains that addiction puts on a family. Uh, there's uh, a lot happening in this show. Not have I seen not a show has not uh, done what this show does to me since the first season of True Detective, um, okay. and that's a that's a big it's a big that's a thing for scene. me to say, I guess. Yeah, um, this show, I, I I completely tense up the whole time. Uh, it is not as focused on mixed martial arts. But if you are a fan of mixed martial arts from at least a few years ago, you will see a lot of uh, familiar faces. Kenny Florian, Chris Lieben, Joe Daddy, Stevenson. Uh, it's kind of fun to spot those guys. the The fights that are in this show – Very well done. You can tell the research has been done. But good God, is it a hard show to watch um, at times. But highly recommended. It is only three seasons. Each episode is about an hour long, but it feels like it's about six each episode. So if you do have Netflix, you can finally check out the show Kingdom. Highly, highly recommend it. Hmm, And then get back to me if you uh if you if you make it, Rob just threw open his mouth
1: <laughs> just a <little> bit. Hey.
2: <laughs> I tried
1: to mute my mic, but I couldn't get to the button before I sneezed
2: uh, i have a, a, a little bit more news, a little bit uh sad news, but um considering the acceptance that he had over his diagnosis and the fact that the Kickstarter created for him um was successfully funded, hopefully providing him with some comfort in his final days. Mr. Danny Hicks has passed away from cancer at the age of 68 years old. Mm. Uh, Danny Hicks was in Evil Dead 2, Darkman, Wishmaster. My name is Bruce, Maniac Cop. Um, his uh, his words on social media were, uh, okay, going to go, going to find out just what the hell is in that, that fruit cellar. Danny Hicks has gone on to the fruit cellar in the sky. Rest in peace, sir.
3: Our
0: condolences to his family and friends Indeed. and fans. I, I got some stuff as well. What do you have, sir? Well, this news broke today. Yes. Beavis and Butthead are would coming back. Would love the
2: movie that we watched.
0: They would have absolutely loved the movie we watched.
2: They're coming back. Tell me
0: more. I've not seen this. Uh, So Comedy Central signed an expansive, not expensive, an expansive deal with Mike Judge to bring back uh, Beavis and Butthead. He's going to write the show, he's going to produce the show, and he will again voice Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) It is a two-season deal at least, so we'll get two seasons of Beavis and Butthead. Now, there are some things that I am a little bit concerned about. Uh, It is a reimagining of them, so I don't... One, I don't believe they're just older. I think they're going to be... They're just putting them... Dropping them into our world right now. Uh, And this is where it gets a a little bit confusing. Uh, The network says the series will include meta themes relatable to both new and old fans. And... uh, you know generation x parents and their generation z kids which i'm going to assume is going to involve lots of conversations about shit like tiktok which is why i'm concerned which why i'm concerned
3: that does not bode well yeah
0: <laughs> yeah tiktok mm-hmm. by the way and i'm not one of those people that does the whole conspiracy thing but it is absolutely chinese spyware based on oh, yeah. the based yeah. on the data the data mining that just happened last week so if you have TikTok uh, – yeah, Somebody
2: it, probably has all your information.
0: Someone has – yeah, it, it, it will automatically send everything you copy to the clipboard on your phone. And if you're over 30 to and you
2: post things to TikTok, then yeah, what are you doing with your life? All right, yeah. I'll be so right back, I, guys.
3: I got to delete something from my phone. <laughs> 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 like, I, to, I, to, I had to make a video I had way. so many like hits or whatever they're called.
2: Yeah, (laughs) he obviously knows what he's talking about.
3: Yeah, it's very believable when you say whatever they're called.
0: Uh, So Mike Judge said in the press release, it seemed like time was right to get stupid again, said Judge. Uh, Well, things are definitely stupid right now, but not the good kind of stupid that Beavis and Butthead provides. So I am excited about that. Hopefully it is not too wink-wink, nudge-nudge.
2: Yeah, Um, and when it it came back... um it's most recent incarnation. Uh, two thousand eleven. I, I don't believe they had the ability to do all the music videos and it was just weird and just didn't feel right. So hopefully this mm-hmm. time, um, I
0: wonder if they're going to start doing basically what some of those shows do that look at YouTube videos and crap like that instead of music videos. But I uh, will find out. I did find it very interesting Probably that, well, that so I, I pulled the news from this from two different websites, uh, Nerdist, dot com and of course uh, mtv.com is where it of course broke because MTV Comedy Central same owner which I think is Viacom or whatever they're called now but this is from the MTV article the unprecedented concept featuring two teenage couch potatoes immediately became part of the vernacular in a way that no other adult animated series had before known for tackling social issues including teen obesity workers rights and media trends the show connected with an entire generation laying claim as one of the most innovative series in modern day zeitgeist I was like what show of were they watching about what that?
3: that? <laughs> Somebody was watching a different show.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> it's the, it's the obesity thing. I literally watched the episode today where they were trying to uh, get fat at the burger place just so they could make a documentary on it. I'm <laughs> 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 like, no,
3: they weren't. They, like,
0: Unless you wanted people to find a subtext and be like, oh, I don't want to be like those guys. I don't know. So that's Beavis and Butt-Head. There is also a little bit more news. This broke last week.
3: Uh, yeah, you
2: always compared your loser friend to Beavis and or Butthead. Yeah, right? It depends I on a,
3: which way they laughed. I have an important Beavis and Butthead question. Okay. Okay, the first thing I thought of, one of the first things I thought of was, since this is kind of a reboot, I guess you called it, right? Mm-hmm. Reimagining. Reimagining? Are they still wearing the ACDC shirt? And the like? what bands are, like, I just want to know if the t-shirts are changing, because that's not going to yep. work for me. Are you? Yeah. Are, are you with I want them this? to it's still. I it? want them to still wear
0: that, even though they, even back then it was a little outdated, which was awesome.
3: Yeah, but what it's we, what that's what they wear. That's that's part of the image. Now, they have now to. one of them will be Pearl
0: Jam, and the other one
3: will Like relax. shifting forward. It'll be corn and. <laughs> yeah, it'll have to be. It'll be like
0: corn and Limp biscuit. That's that's what it has to be. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other news that broke. Uh, last week about was they are in talks to get Michael Keaton back to being Batman. What? And, do that. and this would be in the Flash movie, which apparently is still a thing. I thought that that kind of went away when the DC Universe took a dump all over itself and smeared it around and tried to say that it was a good movie.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but We all knew it wasn't. <laughs> didn't yeah. didn't the, uh, the Flash guy, like, push some lady over in an icelandic bar yeah or something. I, I believe that actually is the case it
0: was yeah. like right it in march the right at the beginning of the pandemic that i saw that news mm-hmm. he like pushed somebody over who said something to him or she said she was a fan or i don't know uh but not a good that look. did no but apparently they're still making this movie and they are leaning on the story flashpoint which is you know one of those time travel changing something in the past screws up the future kind of stories So it is possible that Michael Keaton is going to be in there as Batman. There's also been conversations that he might, that there is an alternate uh, DC timeline where Bruce Wayne is not Batman because Bruce Wayne got killed and uh, Thomas Wayne, Bruce's father becomes Batman. And he's a much more violent Batman as his child got killed. And there is conversations that Jeffrey D Morgan. So Negan himself might be playing Thomas Wayne. But oh. there are two different scripts or things floating around, and but one of them has a Batman character that's Bruce Wayne, and one of the different scripts has a Batman character that's Tom- Jeffrey Dean Morgan or Thomas Wayne. So they're not re- I'm not really sure what's going on, but if this movie actually even happens, there might be some Michael Keaton Batman.
3: Both of those sound good to me. I'll take either one, honestly.
0: I did like the Michael Keaton Batman.
3: Well, in any story, if it's done right with the the time travel and all that, that's that's super interesting. If it's done correctly, yet, obviously. Yet Rob will Where, still find something to be angry about.
1: Where does the Michael <laughs> Keaton Batman
2: rate in the hierarchy? I was wondering of about that. That's a good question. Um, I'd say number two.
0: I, I'd say
1: he's he's a
2: solid correct. number two, if not number one. Yeah,
0: I've. I think I'm going number one. Although the Batman movies, I'm assuming we're all thinking Christian Bale number one. I am. Uh, I am.
1: I would. I would consider Christian Bale number one. Except I really, really hated that that fake gravelly. That's why crap I pushed him did. to number two. Yeah, and I prob- and I kind of want Michael Keaton to be in that number one spot because of that. Um, yeah, that's why we all know you're thinking George Clooney.
2: Oh, he's so
0: dreamy. <laughs> he's bat nipples. Yeah,
2: that's Bad what I was costume. gonna
0: say. <laughs> I liked I like Val Kilmer. His man Val Kilmer's lips look so good in that costume. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm never thinking
3: on the podcast. All right, we were all oh. thinking it. Okay, like, really. <laughs> he's <laughs> almost right.
0: <laughs> you guys, I, for for the listeners out there, you guys, I'm looking at the screens of everybody, and everyone looked relieved when I said it. They're like, "Oh, good. Okay, now we can talk about it." <laughs> 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 now everyone's making val kilmer lips okay so finally out in the open <laughs> uh, by the way uh so yeah the other thing that that uh, michael keaton did that i really liked was birdman did you guys see birdman
2: birdman was freaking awesome yeah i don't which, know why i centered myself but because
0: uh and speaking of birdman uh i've got a florida story for you guys Mm. that was that was how a segue is done that that
2: is but you ignored your co-host does anybody else have any news
0: no i want to do my goddamn segue (laughs) all
2: right well i got nothing
0: so
1: (laughs) greg's got his segue and it's greg is
2: irish tonight he is just pushing
1: through it rob everybody i am pushing through it we're doing my segue
0: Rob, do you have any news that you'd like to talk about? So Apparently I can not. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> Who I, cares really what we like... had to say anyway? It's all <laughs> yeah. about you, Greg.
1: It's irrelevant. Let's do this. Okay. Florida, come Florida. on. <laughs> WTF, Greg, tell me. Oh my uh, God, it's good on my screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, as as you guys are well aware, people are getting stuck in their house. and But it's not too bad. We all have Netflix and Disney Plus and... Yeah, you know, whatever we have in the house to get through and it. If you However, have
2: Netflix you can watch the show Kingdom that premiered today. There
0: you go.
3: There's another segue. A segue within premiere. a
2: segway. I'm sorry. It's old. Are By the way, seasons. I'm
3: definitely gonna watch that. It sounds really good. It's dude, it's amazing. I'm, I'm i will one hundred percent watch it and let you know.
2: Three seasons.
3: Yep. There you go. I I'm very excited about it. it, it especially it. when you said that it when you compared it to um the first season of true detective we're going back to kingdom oh yeah man oh greg were you i'm sorry were you talking anyway
0: (laughs) damn it (laughs) so anyway so we've got a little bit of a problem here so everyone here has is good on their um there, you know, being able to hang out at their house, except for one guy who lives in Tampa. And this this is one of those very strange stories because, you know, as you read through it, you're like, oh, the poor guy. And then you read a little more and you're like, maybe not. But uh, Mr. Uh, Majid Magic Esmaili is currently quarantined with hundreds of parrots.
1: What's that name again, Greg?
0: Majid Magic Esmaeli. Well, that wrong. That sounds
3: and, right.
1: No,
0: I
3: just
1: wanted I... to hear you say it again. You stuttered through <laughs> it the first time. I wanted to see if you'd do it the second.
0: Well, the problem is, is I'm not a current subscriber of the Tampa Bay Times, and half of the story is now gone. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that <laughs> because I'm trying to look at the story, but it just cut out until I sign up for their arts and entertainment newsletter. But anyway, this guy he basically runs a parrot. uh Like sanctuary, and he's basically stuck there. But the problem with that is the fact that this sanctuary is in the middle of a bunch of other people's property. So he has no way to leave, like literally. So there's only one way in or out and it's got, it's a gate and he's trapped in there because the woman locked the gate and he's basically stuck in there with squawking parrots. Uh, I did say that when this whole thing first started happening, that people did deliver him some food, but they eventually stopped. So he's basically been living off of fruits and vegetables that are in oh, okay. the the thing. The parrot, and whatever. Parrots. Yeah, yeah, he's been living off of dead parrots, basically. So, so
1: nobody can contact the lady to get her to come open the friggin' well, gate? See,
0: well, this is the deal. So at first I was like, okay, poor dude. That seems like an easy fix. Well, hold on. No, I mean, he could probably climb over the gate, but um get like uh, there so anyway there's been lawsuits going on between this guy and the woman where where apparently the guy rented the land from her and then she said she said that she runs a one of those like horse riding camps for kids and said that this guy was startling the children by coming out of the woods and like was well, riding horses causing the horses to ride up so apparently there's been legalities so finally she got fed up and wants him to leave so she locked the gate <laughs> So, the story gets weirder and weirder and weirder because, you know, Florida and animal people. But the guy is also, like, said he's... has about to be ninja ah!
3: the,
0: st- the story is weirder and weirder and weirder because, like, he's basically still... Ac- he was still accepting parrots that needed homes. And then he's... Uh, but now he's putting out messages that, please, no more parrots. I can't handle any more parrots. Because he's stuck with nothing but squawking parrots, and he's he also eating the parrots. Yeah, he's absolutely like. I wonder if parrot eggs are edible. They are now. <laughs> <laughs> they
3: are in the so, middle of a pandemic.
0: Can can I help you, buddy?
3: I feel
2: like we're missing something with that story.
0: I would like to read the rest of it, but... Um, <laughs> he does not have a he subscription jammed. to the Tampa <laughs> Times. That, <laughs> so that's all the story y'all going <laughs> get. Like, I did earlier. If I can... uh New York Post. I'm good with that. It's 200-plus exotic birds. Uh, due to a property dispute with a neighbor, it's technically illegal for him to leave. He owns uh, the Zaxi Parrot Sanctuary in, in Florida... Uh, he had been re- replying on volunteer, relying on volunteers to bring food for him and the birds, but most volunteers were either se- senior citizens or students at nearby colleges, and those resources dried up. Um, and <laughs> I operate a, the the woman that is arguing with him. I operate a horseback riding ranch and children's camp, and he jumps out of the woods looking like a madman because he lives back there, and he makes the children cry,
3: <laughs> much like. Uh, all of us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not
2: intentionally. <laughs> no,
3: no, definitely not. Well,
1: not most of us, anyway.
2: <laughs> That's fair. His lawyer said
0: he's he has spent up to ten thousand dollars to try to build an entrance so he can actually get to his property. says let, Let's say he's trying to repair something and breaks his leg. It's technically illegal for him to leave his property. Said his lawyer Samuel Alexander. Yet, if he calls an ambulance, the ambulance will use the road he built with his bare hands and drive across the in the breeze property and pick him up. So, there we go. Birdman, it as with most Florida stories, a lot of logic is missing.
3: That's really bizarre. I completely, I totally agree with Jimmy. There's a lot missing from this story. Like, that's not that can't be the whole story.
2: Yeah, like he's gotta hurt himself to leave. I, it's a pandemic. Like we're we're forgiving a lot of things. Like,
3: just well, and how, and how do you end up out. in that? How do you end up in that real estate limbo where you're like you're surrounded by other properties? That doesn't make. I don't understand. This is weird. Yeah,
0: at a certain point, when it comes to parrots, you, you gotta have a cutoff, right? Like, you're like, that's yeah. what Greg is focused
3: on.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're cut all off talking so about the parrots. land, and Greg's
1: like, that's "F this! Many. I'm gonna talk about these damn one. parrots."
2: It's <laughs> well, 200, 200
0: damn parrots. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> I have been in a house with one parrot, and I've wanted to like murder the parrot. Correct. Well, that brings us past Florida, past news, and into our regular topics. So, I think we should start off with, "What do you think, Eurovision?" Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Fighter Saga.
2: We can do that. Yeah. So
0: this movie, I inexplicably liked. I didn't know if I would.
2: No, uh, I thought I was cool. going to hate
0: it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be... Uh, yeah, uh, well, I've... Haven't liked the Will Ferrell movie in a while. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So let's talk about this real quick. Uh, we are Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. It is... On Netflix, it was supposed to be released in May of 2020, but it is pushed Mm. to late June, which was and was actually finally released on June 26th. It is a Will Ferrell vehicle, we'll say, starring, uh, of course, Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, Dan Stevens, who looked really freaking familiar. And then I realized he was in the he was in the TV show, The Lead in the TV show Legion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very handsome, that Pierce Brosnan. Wasn't Dan Stevens oh, yeah. also Still. the
1: Beast and Beauty and the Beast?
0: He was the Beast and Beauty and the Beast, but... I did not know that. But my references are cooler than yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm underground and, and you know, watch weird things on FX at Thursday night at 1 in the morning or whatever. Uh, it also has Graham Norton, and Demi Lovato, and a bunch of other s- singing people. Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. uh, The synopsis of this, uh, when aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid... Are given the opportunity to represent their country, in this case, Iceland, at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. Guys, what did you think, your initial thoughts, about a Eurovision Song Contest?
1: My initial thoughts, um, one, I thought I was going to hate this movie because I haven't liked a Will Ferrell movie in a while. Well, let me clarify that. I don't like Will Ferrell movies when Will Ferrell is the lead. Will Ferrell makes a very good co-star, but I don't find I, I find Will Ferrell's brand of comedy to be tiresome when you have when you're subjected to it for the entire
0: show. So so so, so your your cutoff was pretty much like Anchorman, uh, where he was part of a, an ensemble. He was the lead, but he was still part of an ensemble,
1: right? Um, like I didn't even bother watching, uh, what was it? Talladega nights. Okay. Um, I, there, there have been a number of Will Ferrell movies that I was just like, man, this is, this is just too much. I can't do it. And to me, this movie, um, Rachel McAdams, who I love was the emotional anchor of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like all of the, all of the, all of the meaningful stuff. Happened through Rachel McAdams' character,
2: right? Will Ferrell's character certainly agree with that, Rob. He he seemed to take a backseat, which I was like, ah, okay, exactly, good, exactly. And I can handle Will Ferrell
1: as a co-star. I can handle him in the background because his, cha- honestly, his character was so annoying. What, well, or his character was annoying enough that if it, if he had been the focus of the movie, I I don't know that I'd have made it through the movie because. Yeah. He plays characters that have no depth. They don't learn anything until like the very end. I mean, you spend the whole movie going, "Jesus, are you effing kidding me? Come on!" and and had he been the focus, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed this movie. But Rachel McAdams really brought some some believability to it, mm-hmm. and I loved her character and the fact that it really kind of centered around her. Um, really sold the movie to me. And I, I actually really, I was surprised, but I
2: really enjoyed the movie. Okay. Uh, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, same thing as Rob said, not going to waste time saying it all over again.
0: (laughs) Well said, Jimmy. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And our European consultant,
3: Omar. Um, the, I, it was interesting hearing you guys say about will ferrell and i didn't really realize that but i i agree to some degree about him being if he's the only one i i I, i've never really realized that before but that's a good point um and even in this movie i did find him his character to be annoying at times and i agree that rachel mcadams she killed it like she did a really great job um a couple of things that i thought about as i was watching it is as the as this Foursome's European consultant. That was a super Euro movie. Like they did a great job. Like everything from they really did. Like the the style of the like because all those songs are obviously written for the movie. They were super Mm -hmm. Euro songs. Like they were there. They were so straight out of Europe. Like they they did a really great job of Lion of Love. Yeah. Oh my God. That's terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Or like the scene where at the end when he has to jump in the This isn't like really a major spoiler, but it's not a major spoiler. He's got to catch a ride from some American teenagers or some American tourists. And he's like, oh, we hate you. Don't come to our – like it was very – but but there's a scene when – like at the beginning of that scene when he's trying to get them to give him a ride. And he's Mm -hmm. talking to them. He's like, hey, Americans. And he was saying like – he was making like these random American references. Like that's supposed to Mm -hmm. endear him to them. And that's such a European thing to do. They even – I was thinking about it. There's even a thing like that in The Godfather. In The Godfather, there's a scene where they there's a flashback and they're in uh, – no, it's when Michael Corleone's in Italy. And they're like driving and there's like these American GIs. It's like World War II or whatever. And, uh, and there's these two Italian guys and they're like, hey, American GIs. And they're saying like, Clark Gable, like – what the hell does Clark Gable have Anything to do with it? I'm not Clark Gable, but that's how. But that's a super European thing to do is to be like, oh, America, um, you know, Wall Street or whatever. Like you just say like a random <laughs> American, New York Yankees. Uh, yeah, New York Yankees. Uh, you know, Demi Lovato, whatever. Like whatever, whatever pops. Yeah. In and it's just their way of. But it was so perfectly done. It was really, really well done. <laughs> I um, love that. I thought Omar that that just cracked me up. I
0: Eurovision. Thought, Eurovision Song Contest I was able to <laughs> reference
2: The Godfather one of the top 100 films of all time
0: and tied it together relatively seamlessly yeah
3: i'd say so yeah yeah, that that was my big mental feat of the year i'm done that was that was i'm I'm exhausted (laughs) all right Uh, thanks for joining us i'm gonna go take a nap the other thing that i want to know is and maybe you guys looked it up i don't think it was her but who was the singer that did all the Rachel McAdams parts. Because whoever yeah, was singing I, Molly Thorin. You did find incredible it. Incredible yeah. voice. Absolutely that was, that blew me away. I could not believe that voice. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what yeah. I was hearing. I'm
2: sorry. Molly Sandon. I don't want to get that wrong. She is um she's actually my Miriam is is how she's credited in the movie. Um, she had uh, competed on Eurovision, I think, in the junior division or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she um, – absolutely amazing. I, I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole and, and watched some of her videos and everything. Super, super talented and definitely stuff I can get behind.
0: Her representation is currently drafting a letter to keep Jibby away. <laughs>
2: Hey, man, I'm no danger. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. Trust me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I... There was a couple of things that you pointed out. Like, I, I did specifically love the the American tourists wearing the, like, Arizona State shirts. And... Random. Yeah. Not that random because of Will Ferrell. Okay. Uh, I mean, he went he went to USC, but he's a big Pac-12 PAC person. Mm. Or Pac-10, okay. whatever it is now. Um, but like the whole Eurovision thing, I was unaware of it until very recently. It's like a big deal. It's a massive deal. And like, and see, I thought it was something that was
1: just for the movie. So like, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was a
2: real thing.
3: Oh, it's enormous. I mean, it's way bigger than any of the stuff here in America. It's
2: huge. (laughs) I didn't realize
3: it was that big.
0: So like, the first time I ever heard of it was when, uh, what is, uh, well, Hearn. It's really a guy, but when he's on in character, he's a she. But he's not trans. I don't know how that works. But uh, Conchita lady. Worst, drag- yeah, the bearded lady, yeah. but but lives his he's life. A drag queen. That's what it is. So when when she it's was the that winner, I knew
1: that and knew nothing of Eurovision.
0: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I know your friends. So you. the, so the uh the he was the she was the winner for Austria in 2014. Now, when this was a thing, a friend of Ro, friends of Rob's and mind, the what which we lovingly refer to as the British lesbians, who are in fact British lesbians. They were crazy about this. Like every because I guess in between the various contests, like every move that she made, they're like, "Oh my god, did you see that she was going to do this song or this happened?" Or like, like I got a full rundown on Facebook of this thing, and I was like, "What is this comp contest?" So that was the first time I ever heard about it. it was two thousand fourteen. Uh, the first time this ever took place was in nineteen fifty six. Really? Hmm. Yes, it's been around since nineteen fifty six. Seven nations participated. Um, there are there's it's happened every year since I looked, uh, the only year it did not happen was of course this year they had to cancel it. So it's been not, I mean, there's not been any more world wars, but there have been, you know, there was Kosovo and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's, there's been countries that don't exist anymore that participated. We'll go with that. Um, it is a giant singing contest where, um, and the rules were a little bit changed for this movie. Like, but the rule of you can't change the song actually is a big one. Uh, not ironically, they, they kind of reference this a little bit. Uh, 12 days before, in 2011, 12 days before he was supposed to perform. And I'm And Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pronounce that name, you Greg. You can do it, Greg.
0: Uh, well, his assigned Song Vakeppinen. it's S-O-N-G-V-A-K-E-P-P-N-I-N, performance semifinal. Singer Sigurjan Brink died... From a stroke, he was the Icelandic singer. So the fact that the boat explodes, killing all of the Icelandic singers, except for the terrible ones, uh, was uh, actually like a real thing. Except for it was just one. Bummer, um, Greg. Yeah, no. I know. I have a couple more of those later. Um, Will Farrell actually has been a, a huge fan because his wife is Swedish. And they went they went to her cousin's house and he in 1999. So he's been a fan since 1999. And they watched the competition... And then in 2014, when preparing for this movie, they went to Copenhagen to, uh, to watch the finale, and that was the one that Conchita Worst won. Mm. So, so he, you know, he is a fan. It's, this was not a make fun of the weird Europe Europeans. It was, I mean, this show is the make fun of the weird Europeans. <laughs> Surprise, Omar! <laughs> this is actually, <laughs> this was actually a, a roast. Uh, no, but, you know, this is legitimate uh, fandom. And if you watch this, a lot of there was that giant sing-a-thon thing, which was actually kind of cool, which is speaks a lot since
2: I usually hold on, Greg. Yes, did you watch this movie? Did I watch this movie? Yeah, I did because if you did, you would know it was a song-along.
0: It is a song-along. I'm sorry, fair
2: enough.
3: Yeah, the (laughs) the, the song-along was actually (laughs) that song is awesome.
1: (laughs) My God. Play it! Play it now!
3: <laughs> I think we're so angry. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, they're going to play it. Do you want to hear our Eurovision song? No, play Yaya Ding Dong again. <laughs> we just played it. <laughs> the guy
0: that comes out on the
2: patio is like, was Ding Dong.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, but then we're playing our Eurovision song again. No! <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there was – in that in the song-along, there was actually quite a few oh, yeah. actual Eurovision contestants, which – Yeah, there were. For your, for your humor, I will try to read their names. John Ludenvik from Sweden. Yes. Anna <laughs> Odabescu from Moldova. Mm-hmm. Bilal uh, Hassani, France. Uh, Laureen, winner for Sweden. Jesse Matador, uh, France. Alexander Ryback, who was the winner for Norway. Uh, Jamala, which was the winner from Ukraine, Elena Nechinaya, Estonia, Conchita Wurst, of course, Australia, Netta Barzelali was from Israel. I don't know how that works, by the way, the whole Israel thing. Like, is uh, why is Israel part of this Eurovision thing? Well, why know. is
3: Australia? You why said Australia?
0: Australia, Austria, Austria.
3: Ah, uh, oh. I thought you he said, said Australia. Australia.
0: By the way. Okay, another shrimp right. on the
2: barbie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Salvador Sobral was a winner from Portugal. But a lot of those people were, at, were real actual winners. And it was crazy that they all came back to just be in this like fun little movie.
3: That's cool. Yeah. So for people who are super fans, they were probably watching the movie like, oh my god, that's really whoever. Name that I can't pronounce. You know why the
2: they were in it. You know why Demi Lovato was in it. You know why Nadja from What We Do in the Shadows was in it. It's because it was a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, good point. Like hell yeah!
0: yeah. I mean, it probably didn't even need that many sets. Yeah, you know, like I think it was actually filmed in ice. It was filmed in Iceland and really just there the the competition venue.
1: God man, was it fun for Theo or was it just
0: awkward for Theo? I'm confused. Oh.
2: Jimmy (laughs) Uh, got it maybe a bit of both I don't know it would have been really awkward if they they didn't tell him what Will Ferrell was going to say I dude I love any movie that takes place in Iceland Finland Sweden Mm -hmm. uh, anywhere over there I am drinking an Icelandic ale right now and if this movie didn't want to I want to have one of these over there um, I, I we should go over there and record a podcast I, from there, please. I,
0: I, I always I think like that'd be awesome to be like that, just that that type of cold weather that, that all that fun stuff, except I don't like fish. And it seems like that's um, all they eat. That's all they eat. That's all they have. I don't like pickled things and I don't like fish. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure they only do?
3: eat pickled fish. I, I'm sure they have. Yum. I'm sure there's like a McDonald's in Reykjavik because that's all you're gonna get. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not in Houston. <laughs> yeah, like no, for sure not. No. <laughs> Iceland is interesting because that's one of those countries that's like everyone in that country is super educated. Like twelve-year-olds are, are like publishing books and stuff. Mm. Like it's just weird, like country. There's nothing to do. It's all cold. It's like this barren wasteland. So everyone just reads and like they're super smart. And they brew really good beer. Uh, apparently.
2: Uh, this this beer is called, uh, God, Einstock. Uh If you can find it, I, I highly recommend it. It's got a picture that... of a, a Viking on it, so that's why I bought nice. it. Nice. Very cool. Um, but it's actually really damn good. You know, one of the things that really disappointed me about this movie was what? the fact that Bjork wasn't in it.
3: It's true. Well
2: played. Yeah, it where was, yeah, was Bjork? It was a little upsetting. She's that is very much of a recluse, but I feel like somebody could have been like, "Hey, you know, make a cameo." Maybe she did. I don't know, but I didn't see her. Uh, I I was I'm sure someone reached out to her. Yeah, I was expecting that the whole time, and she, thats a good point. I think she takes herself a little too seriously.
3: She's an artist, you see, and artists don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Now.
0: I, one other thing I really liked about this movie was the Russian singer Mm. who, there was a few little things that I liked because he was kind of the villain as he was, you know, hitting on secret, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't an over the top villain. He was just kind of like, like from, Um, from a a perspective, if you were a, if you were a fan of Will Ferrell's character, you'd be like, oh man, this guy's moving in on his, on his territory or whatever. But they didn't make him over the top like he was trying to ruin everything. And there's a few little in-jokes there what, that I loved about him. When he was talking about – when he was leaning on the, like, crate on the side of the stage and he was watching the the performances, and he said something about, like, uh, United Kingdom n- nil or whatever because no one likes them. It's kind of an in-joke. Like, all the British performers always say that, that they get bad scores because no one likes them. So oh. that – Kind of, that. It was kind of a funny little gig, and then of course the when she asks him if he's gay, and because there he's are run, no gays in Russia, yeah, because he's Russian, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> and it's still very <laughs> illegal to be gay. He's like, no,
3: no, look, look it up. No, there's no one. That's it. Yeah. There's no gays in Russia.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no gays in Russia I, because he doesn't want, and because his character, of course, doesn't want to end up in some like prison camp in some Siberia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, no, definitely not. Uh, but. His choice of house decor would lead you to believe differently. Jimmy, tell me about the warning about at the beginning of this movie.
2: <laughs> so one of the reasons it had the rating that it did was because of statue nudity. Um, it, it was phrased a little bit differently. But I'm like, man, we see naked statues all the time. There's... Uh, have we, as a society, gotten so sensitive that we're including that in the the rating system now? I didn't even see that. Was that was that really a thing at the beginning of the
0: movie? Yes. When it says, yeah, when you first start the movie, it does the rated PG thirteen for for harsh
2: language, violence, and harsh yeah. language. I didn't
3: even look at. It. I don't read those Statue anymore. Nudity. Yeah. Statue
2: nudity. Well, it just wow. popped. I was like, why?
3: And um,
2: you find out why. When they they go into the Russian singer's house, one of many of his houses, and I thought the reveal for this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Sigrid and and Lars are standing there, and and they're being walked into this room, and and I guess Sigrid looks up and says, "What kind of statues are these?" And what's uh, the Russian character, Lamentov, says. Um, oh they're greek they have ancient greek they have a striking resemblance to them which he doesn't really notice before and uh the our two main characters walk away and it's the uh the the penis of the the statue is revealed and it's just this very long arch (laughs) and i'm like oh okay i get it um Almost like a handle for this yeah. <laughs> It was like, Jesus. I thought someone was going to reach out and like, give it a handshake.
0: Uh, there is no way I would not impale myself on that walking around the house.
2: <laughs> <It was> quite <laughs> intentionally. Exaggerated. It's yeah. a big house. Oops, it's a big house. I but... fell
0: backwards. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's so funny.
0: How – uh how did you get this carved marble penis into your rectum? Well I fell onto it.
2: It was in the shower. I was at a
0: Europe I was at a Russian singer's party and I tripped backwards. There I was Seven jogging in the air. backwards. Was he gay? No, definitely not. No gays no. in Russia.
3: Got it. No such thing.
0: Yeah. When <laughs> when I saw it too, I cracked up because I I saw that warning at the beginning and it actually made me laugh out loud and I thought it was kind of part of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, oh, that's funny! It. Like it
3: would be, it's like part of the satire or whatever. I get that. That 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 would actually be very funny. Mm-hmm. But no, they meant an actual dong.
0: <laughs> exactly. <That's so>
3: funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding dong.
0: <laughs> the uh, I love the over-the-top performances at the final, the final part of the the movie when they have to you know win the the final competition, mm-hmm. uh, and I particularly like. Kind of how they got these, you know, kind of goofy competitors into the whole thing where like, oh, well, first they only get in there because the entire Icelandic delegation gets killed. And then I, I don't really know how they got them in there the second time. I guess people felt bad for them or were like, you know, these goofy people and they pushed them forward. But then, of course, at the end, just on a, from a movie making standpoint, like, you know, there's no way they were going to win. So they're like, "Well, screw this. Let's just play the music for the purpose of playing music." And then they changed the song, and it was actually—I think it made it a better movie than doing the old like sports movie where the ragtag bunch rises to the top.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, especially after the hamster wheel incident, which was all <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well,
1: but but in all honesty, that actually led some—that um, led to some emotional credibility of the movie because you know they they went. It was it was him apologizing to her for basically being a douchebag mm-hmm. and he gave up his dream so that she could sing her song that she had written actually for him. Mm-hmm. And, and that was basically his apology. So it, it led some emotional, it, it lent some emotional weight to the movie. And it really, it, that was actually one of the things that sold the ending for me.
3: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that was cool. And the vocals on that song were incredible. Not to go back oh, to that, yeah. but unbelievable When you hit the physical note. <laughs> the magical, magical, the magical note, that's right. <laughs> she hit the spjord note. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. Like, it was like the vocals were unreal. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, that's, that's another thing that, like, the entire time that that movie was going, even from the very opening scene, I just kept thinking, God, who is this singing? This is incredible. Yeah, it's it's
2: like you know. Look up Molly Sandon's um, other stuff. Very, very and, good. I and I gotta be will. honest do
1: you do you remember the last time that happened to you in a movie when you were watching a movie and you knew it wasn't the person who was singing, but you were like, "God, this sure," voice, you did this, this person's voice is amazing. Fifth who element. is yeah.
3: this? Yeah. Fifth well, element. and of course there was. Abba. I've had Abba in my head all day, but that's it. A... Yours,
1: yours was the Fifth Element. Yeah. Mine was, believe it or not, mine was Sister Act. Oh, the, yeah! The singing voice of Sister Mary Roberts. The the singer's name was actually Andrea Robinson. I still remember that because her voice was absolutely amazing.
3: Amazing, yeah.
0: Now, before we close out here, I, I really there was one thing that both Jimmy and I probably screamed out loud while watching this movie, uh, and that was Nadja. Each other's there's- names. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, we were together in. we were entwined in lust and then on the screen
2: appeared, look so disturbed. one way of putting it
0: <laughs> he's reminiscing <laughs> was, was, was Naja the, our lovely friend our lovely vampire friend from <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows as the what was she like a stage manager yeah stage?
2: she's played by Natasha Dimitriou
0: yeah, and she was great. She's so funny. It's, it's particularly the part when when the two leads get in an argument. And they're arguing about being in love and going sex like nuts and hooking up nuts. and stuff. <laughs> and, and and Lars is starts asking random people in the theater in the during rehearsals if they want to go sex nuts with him. And yeah, just her reaction was great to that. I, the that whole sequence I loved. Mm-hmm. Um Theo but, looked awkward too. Oh, Theo, poor Theo. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think all of us enjoyed it. It's was better than I thought.
1: It was. It was also long too. It was what, like two and a half hours or something. Two hours, it was a, yeah. It was
2: like two hours and yeah. three minutes, I believe. I thought it was two twenty. Eh, give or take a few. It was something. And
0: Pierce Brosnan's very...
2: I saw that and I was like, oh, it's going to be long and stupid. But, yeah. if I enjoyed I,
3: it. I did think that, like, toward the end, it did feel like it dragged a little bit. I did catch that, too. I was like, ah, uh, this could have been a little bit shorter. But overall, he went home. it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> this The whole sequence of him going home was a little long. Yeah,
3: that's but, fair. Maybe that's where it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but... That,
1: and nobody, uh, anyway. nobody friggin' told him that they'd made it into the finals? Yeah, right. He's there for how long? And everybody's like, oh, hey, welcome back. You know, blah, blah, blah. blah. What, what are you doing here? Why didn't you stay for the finals that you made it into?
3: I think that's they... A good... they... Oh. I was going to say, that's a good point. It's like the biggest thing in Europe. It, it, and all Europe like, at the same time here? and no one said anything that's a good that's mm-hmm. and he, or he didn't see it well they did show a scene where he's walking through the airport and, and it's on the screen behind him and he doesn't notice or whatever because yeah, she's like crying
0: on. yeah, yeah. Like I love his outfit <laughs> like the silver sunglasses and like yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> totally euro <laughs> we are going to move on from this movie because Jimmy has a video game that he'd like to talk about
2: I would. Uh I wasn't going to talk about it. I'm oh. I'm going to Sorry. only because you uh Rob Mentioned was very much early. interested in hearing I very about much was. It. And I'm yes. I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk about it because the first time I played this game I thought it was absolute garbage. And of course the game that I'm talking about is Friday the thirteenth, the game for uh current gen consoles. Uh developed by Illphonic and Black Tower Studios, published by Gun Media. It is an online only game. So, it is, uh, it says right there on the box, internet connection required, and that's because it does not have a standalone story. There is no... Um, it's it's only multiplayer. Hmm. And that's okay. Um, really, you, there's one game type. It's just a battle royale not battle royale but survival mode. It's survival mode yeah where um there are three ways you can quote win right so that's to survive the whole time escape um through various means or kill jason do not attempt to kill jason <laughs> if, you, if you've seen the movies you know how that's going to end um there is a really uh the two means of escape um are really interesting you can travel around and try and collect parts for a car you can put the you know get the car started you can hop in with up to three other people and, and drive out um, or oh, wow. so there's of a four seater and a two seater car. Um, the really awesome scenario that I saw um, after I died, you can spectate. <laughs> and I saw the people had just gotten the car, and Jason popped up in front of the car, and he smashed down on the hood. Everybody got out and killed them all. Um, so it's it's so so captures the spirit of the Friday the 13th franchise Um, it's unfortunate that we are currently in the legal situation that we are with Friday the 13th because I would have loved to see more levels um, in in the game currently um, you are um, at one of a different couple of campsites there are different Buildings that you can go into, you can grab keys, you can grab components for the um, the cars, you can call the police. Um, each game is 20 minutes long. After you call the police, it takes about five minutes for them to get there, which is a long time in this game. Because you are trying to avoid the killer himself, Jason Voorhees, um, he's stalking around. The music swells as he gets closer, you can hide, you can try and fight. But uh as Jason, if you if you do randomly play as Jason, you can kinda of blink forward. You guys are familiar with that term. If you play uh you know basically any game, um you have uh almost godlike features. You can be killed, you can be knocked down, uh, you can be shot, you will eventually sit up like the maniac himself and uh Tommy Jarvis is actually a, a playable character in the game you, you can call and uh if you if a character dies a character will randomly come back as Tommy Jarvis um and your goal as Tommy Jar- Jarvis is to help the counselors escape so this game online only uh currently is about 20 bucks uh Absolutely worth it. Uh, a couple of things you need to play this game in the dark. It's a very dark game. If you have any kind of glare on your television, you'll miss stuff. You, well, you won't see Jason. Um, you won't see him coming. Too late. Yeah, exactly. That. Um, even then, yeah, it's dark. Um, you're 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 gonna be lucky to to escape. Um, the kind of reward for escaping or surviving is more XP. You get to uh, then choose different counselor skins that you can play as. You can level up abilities, and you can get different skins for Jason. Uh, this game is a game I would very much like to play with friends because as the counselors, you could strategize and, uh, I think it's
0: best. Can, can you anger Jason by having makeout sessions in the bunk beds? No,
2: but <laughs> you can hide under the bunk beds. Cause I want to make out with Greg in the bunk bed. I mean, that's fair. I know Who where there are bunk beds, <laughs> but definitely if, if you do get it, uh, hit me up. Let's play together. I think it'd be a lot more fun, but, um, it, it's a good, you know, Kill twenty minutes, kind of thing. So uh, check it out.
3: Nice. Have you have you looked this up? Is it possible through leveling up XP and whatnot? Is it possible to beat him at all? Uh, you you said not to try, but like, is it maybe if you play long? I don't know.
2: Long well, enough. you. I mean, when I when I came back as Tommy Jarvis once, and Tommy Jarvis has a shotgun with one shot. I got point blank dead in his face. Shot Jason right in the face, and he was down for maybe ten seconds. Oh. So, um, I think it would take a lot of people uh, a lot of time. Um, you with leveling up, you get better at solving traps and and things like that. You your stamina is a little bit longer, but I don't think it makes you so strong to the point that you you can kill him easily. Huh. So um it's fun, it's scary, it'll it'll get your pulse going. And uh yeah. Play it in the dark freak you out. Awesome.
0: We are going to move from that game based on an eighties movie to an actual horrible, horrible (laughs) eighties movie.
2: Deplorable,
0: I would say. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to talk about why? Private Resort. I don't know
2: why. Why are we talking about this? Why okay, did you so we here's choose? the deal. Mm-hmm.
0: I do literally nothing about this movie. Last year, in the summer, we were doing summer-themed movies, right? We all picked mm-hmm. summer-themed movies Correct. Um, throughout the summer. And then this year, it occurred to me that we were not doing that, probably because I don't really even know what month it is anymore. Fair. There's fireworks going off in my neighborhood, so I'm assuming... <laughs> that were in somewhere in July, but
2: uh,
0: I was like, "Oh shit, I need a summer movie." And this had been on my list last year. Again, I knew nothing about it, but I didn't pick it last year because there were some legal situations involving one of the stars, and I didn't really want to go there. Those legal situations have turned out to be largely a hoax, as far as bogus they were bogus as as far as the courts will say. And I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this high quality movie by talking about that right now. So. I revisited that list and was like, ah, oh, you know what, let's, let's do this. Also, I I wanted something that not a lot of people had known about and, you know, was sort of ridiculous and bad. So, Private Resort, it was released May 3rd, 1985, and it is very obvious that it was released in the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, Jimmy had fun with the, the notes here. Where it was written, apparently, by a room full of 12- and 13-year-old boys with one Playboy magazine. No, it had to be more than one Playboy magazine.
1: No, actually, I don't think it did. I think they were just trying to fill up that one Playboy magazine
0: with as many women as they could, and that's how they cast it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it was directed by George Bowers, who was a director, for, did a lot of episodes of Dukes of Hazard, but also um, he... Uh, Edited the movie Money Train, and he edited the actual good movie, From Hell. uh, Starring Johnny Depp, Rob Morrow, Andrew Clay, Leslie Easterbrook, Hillary Shepard, Turner, and Hector Elizondo. Uh, And the story, the synopsis is the story of two adolescent boys who are guests at a Florida resort for the weekend. Actually, four days, they said. Their only interest is, of course, chasing girls, but fate has much more in store for them. Like... Mm -hmm. A story that wasn't really there.
1: Now, see, the oh, the, <laughs> the friggin' synopsis says the story of two adolescent boys. And when I'm watching this, I'm going, these kids have got to be like
2: 16 years old. And they yes. just sit
1: down at the bar and order a friggin' beer. And nobody says shit.
2: Yeah. And we is? see their asses. The security All of us guy are on watch up. list now. The security guy walks up behind him and he's like, oh, this is for guests only. And they're like, oh, we're guests. And he's like, okay.
0: So it's like well they showed the, the card. They well they had the key. Okay. Had the key, but they didn't yeah, care the exactly, fact that they were 16. Yeah. And it's Florida, not the Bahamas or anything, Obviously, so they shouldn't be drinking. Age.
3: Yeah. Okay, quick question. Was there uh, I don't remember any reference to it being in Florida. Did I just miss it? I don't remember either. either. No, no. I, ju- I literally just said it. That's the first time that it was referenced. That's what I <laughs> like, thought. That's what yeah, I thought. I was, there was, I was in wondering the movie. that as
0: well. Like I don't believe they say anything about Florida. Uh, there's
3: nothing about Florida. It could have been anywhere.
0: I, I thought it was very funny because –
3: Stop making
2: shit up, Greg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have been to many a
2: resort in Florida. And, and they were all dressed like hot. fucking Navy officers. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And I've been and Johnny there. Johnny Depp was there uh, yeah. off off
0: hours, like on the whole thing. So it wasn't like that it was very packed. But the parties that I went to at these resorts were actually more packed than that one pool party that they started this movie off with, where it was like fifteen people standing very close dancing near a pool. I'm like, this is what they're super excited by? Yeah. Like the like I've I've had you yeah, I've
1: seen cannot attempt
2: to apply logic parties. to this movie.
0: No, no,
1: yeah, no. I, and I was warned of that as I was watching the movie. I was, I was texting Greg and Jimmy, and I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And they're like, they're no, like, Dude, don't, you're don't gonna have an aneurysm me.
0: if you try. To yeah, do don't this, even try thing. to make
1: sense out of this movie because yeah. it's not gonna happen. Yeah,
0: it is a vehicle for showing '80s boobs to people that it, wanted to see '80s boobs. Pretty they much did that a lot.
1: That yeah. is exactly what this movie was.
0: You also, also get, get some, some Johnny Depp butt, by the
3: way. You get some Johnny and John and Morrow, Rob and Morrow butt. That's true. This movie was so, this movie was so memorable that I forgot I'd seen it until it started, <laughs> and, then, and then I remember a few minutes into it, I was like, "This looks familiar. I, I may have seen this sometime between 1985 and 1990," and I did. I just, it was just so bad. You, I just saw, you saw forgot. it as a young boy in Romania. I did. I am I, like, going well, to I, America. I was here. I was already in America at that point, okay. but it was just so bad that even my adolescent self didn't care. Did you, <laughs> like, you want to go matter. back? After you saw the movie, you were like, yeah, mom, I like, we need to
0: move back to Romania.
3: It's time to go back to communism. This <laughs> is <it's> so
0: bad. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this movie, if I
1: would have seen this movie as a kid, this movie would have been watched for one thing and one thing only.
2: Yeah, for sure. Johnny Depp. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this was... <laughs> <laughs> this seems to me like a movie that would come on Skinamax, S- Skinamax or HBO late yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you'd mm-hmm. be like, constantly looking at the door. Uh, <laughs> this is—I I can't imagine that grown adults went and saw this movie when it came out and walked out like, "Oh, that was a good movie." Well, no, No, this was—I don't—I don't think anybody said no, that. This was the movie that kids snuck into. Their parents dropped off yeah. to go see whatever the fuck was out in 1985. They walked into that one.
0: Like the never-ending story yeah. or the something. The Last Starfighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, they,
3: and they went to go – which, by the way, that's a great movie. It is a
2: great <laughs> movie. movie. They should have went and saw that instead. <laughs> For sure. Because we might yeah. not have so many sex perverts walking around. <laughs> because <laughs> this movie was a complete like misogynistic – um, it was so misogynistic that's was, true I thought of that it too was just, it, I felt really uncomfortable watching it um, it's not aged well it would no, never fly today mm-hmm.
0: one of the things I wrote is uh, I hope I don't get a venereal disease from watching this movie but <laughs> it was another one of those movies where like and I feel weird as a guy saying this but like the women were literally just there to bounce between the guys so like any like the women were there, boobs. Yeah, like the women were like one of the women was there and it was like he was supposed to be the she was supposed to be the girlfriend of the villain, the jewel thief, the maestro. And like he was like, oh, you know, don't look at my woman. And then he was immediately like flirting and hooking up with other people later.
3: Yeah, he like, hit on like four different women. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like then there was like the good girl who... Was not supposed, It was there just to be hit on by the, one of the main characters, and of course, the people that work with her. Yeah, like a, I know there's that whole thing like the Bechdel test, which is you know a a, a test which just basically like do do any women in a movie have a conversation with each other that doesn't involve guys for at least five minutes or something like that? And like in this movie, like even the the moments that are supposed to be like female empowerment, like the women that beat up the guy in the locker room still manages to be extra incredibly sexist and unpleasant. So, yeah. Mind you, I knew nothing about this movie other than the fact that it was called Private Resort and it was a summer movie.
2: Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you that. Yeah. Because had you seen this movie and suggested it, I would've been like fuck you. <laughs> this was my favorite movie when I was 13. <laughs>
0: I might Not even probably when I was like would be like 10. I mean uh, I I could have
1: I could have even understood that but I would not have understood you making us watch it.
0: Right. True, true.
2: I I I I could almost understand like if you saw it when you were 12 or 13 years old and you had no concept or familiarity with date rape. Uh for <laughs> example. Which I pretty much didn't when I was 10. Yeah. I'm because there's sure. a, a scene in there and Johnny Deppski, he's like, hey, man, give her one of just, these. Just give her these. one of these. The Aspirin Bottle, which – And this then, is the main,
0: one of the main characters, so it's supposed yeah. to be a hero, a protagonist, as it were.
2: And the, the dude he, he gives it to, I won't dive too far into the story because it's just not fucking worth it, but – he gets to a point where he sets the the aspirin down in front of the table, and, and this this woman that he's with, she he's only put there because he has to be, um, to kind of wingman for Johnny Depp, and she's real spiritual and she follows Rami Baba something or other, this ding Dang Dong, yeah, spiritual guru, and he, he sets these aspirin down on the table, a bottle of aspirin. She's like, "Why do you take aspirin? Because uh, I have a headache." Do you, want, you one? want? one? And he doesn't even say. Ever does he say? Oh yeah, what's well, actually in this bottle are quaaludes, and it's uh, you know, it's it's so I can get you, uh, you know, for an evening kind of. Uh, that was just like, whoa, no, not not okay. Yeah, not cool.
0: Uh, now there was there were so many things that were eighties, but there's, as yeah, you said, there's there was a lot of things that were very uh offensive in general like that of course big time um the things that i wrote down was the the for some reason 80s movies always had uh, a group of angry asian dudes and this one <laughs> had them randomly like sumo wrestler the sumo wrestler asian golfers that were in like one scene and you never saw them again
1: no you they were in a second scene he oh, went were they? he yeah he came into their into their hotel room and they oh, were we sitting did. around like a sumo ring or some shit well, yeah, and yeah. then and they just kind of like walked up the Hubie Booby or whatever the f- hell his name was.
0: Hubie mm-hmm. <laughs> Booby. <laughs> At the, so there was that. There was of course the um, any of the the groping scenes where people were were treating either women or people mm. dressed like women.
2: Man, very mm-hmm.
0: inappropriately in the in an elevator and other things.
2: Oh, it made me so uncomfortable. It's like the two. It, mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: hmm They're all like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And that yeah.
0: Like large portions, famous portions of the movie involve like drilling a hole in a locker room so you could spy on the women. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Well, they did a panty raid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now it's assault. Well, I mean, it was then too, but yeah, now it people is, actually charge.
2: It's it's super weird. I, I, man, being young and impressionable back then and and catching this probably when you were not supposed to see it, you might have seen that and been like, Oh, cool! This is what I have to look forward to. But, you know? but also, there were there were a lot of
1: movies that were like that 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 wouldn't like. One of the ones I always point out is there's no way in hell that Blazing Saddles would get made today. Mm-mm. And I and I love Blazing Saddles. I think and that's Blazing in the Saddles top really 100.
0: Weird. That's in one of the top 100 comedies of all times. Well, top 100 movies of all times. I know it's in the comedy list. Oh, no. It's it's high <laughs> in the comedy list. Uh, I don't he's, know. There's yeah,
1: it would be picketed. They would they would uh, say you know this movie is is this this movie
0: is that and it it would just you just never see it. Mm-hmm. And this is a, and this is sure. a, a plot point. Yeah, so the, of course the some of the other little things that I noticed there was the um, the gay stereotype of when uh, when Johnny Depp is trying to get out of the person's room and he's like, would you like a a manicure? And he like kind of throws on the lisp. Um, plenty of so no, there's just you know some these little things that were. You're like, wow, this would never happen today. And, of course, I also mentioned that it was the most 80s movies ever. Like, Rob said that. I actually written down the most 80s movie ever. Uh, there was, of course, the um, all the big hair. And I said this with all of the 80s stuff, and I said this before I saw the aerobics scene, which had to happen in every 80s movie, of course, 80s comedy. And uh, what else? So we had the 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 giant hair, just the the whole sex comedy thing in general um, and uh sex
2: comedy it?
0: sex comedy, yes, but uh random people from different- nationalities, like it was the angry German barber, just
2: randomly in there, all right, that dude was funny, <laughs> yeah the okay the the really the only scene that made me chuckle in that movie is when the barber and the head of security were in the uh, elevator by themselves mm-hmm. and they started pulling parts of each other's clothes off. <laughs> that got a little <laughs> chuckle out of me.
1: That was annoying as shit to me. Yeah. But
2: he, he also was just, he was so extra. Mm-hmm. He was around. at the, the end. Way. Why is he making that face? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah and I think the the little cherry on top of the 80s ness was the random appearance of Andrew Dice Clay who I did not was going know was going to be in this movie and then he showed up and I was like
1: Ugh, what? And he's he was Andrew Clay for the movie. This was before yeah. he was the Dice Man apparently. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew Clay. Andrew Dice Clay kind of has yeah. that effect on movies. Yeah. yeah. But when he's,
0: like, that thing where he's, like, slapping everyone in the face or make everyone slap themselves in the face, and, like, we've all known that guy. And, like, and it's that, myth. like, that, like, infuriates me. Like, that, like, guy that's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, smack, you know, whatever. And I'm like,
2: don't fucking touch me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you pig. Get out of here. <laughs> you, you know my level of enrangement when people touch me and or get too close. And this was, this was pre disease and God, like anyone that does those little like physical type gags all the time, or like, even like the, try to shake your hand and pull your hand up and like fix your hair thing. Like, ugh, God, so mad. I think it's probably because I like, I don't know, man. I didn't, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I, it's annoying as shit. I, I was going to say, I didn't really hang out with like a lot of dudes.
2: Like <laughs> were were people like, Oh yeah, he's so cool. Like is that how you were supposed to feel about this character?
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of a jewel thief subplot here, which wasn't very important, but it did Not lead to <laughs> yeah. it did had lead really to no like
1: bearing an, on the movie.
0: An AK an AK forty seven attack in a very small space, which the guy is the worst aim in the history of really any movie. He's worse than a stormtrooper. Yeah,
2: when like yeah. everyone <laughs> like, would have been deaf. After yeah, that.
0: like like the dude crawling along the side of the railing as the guy's shooting and they're doing the bullets like above the top of the railing. I think it was, the glass wasn't even breaking if there even was glass. But like it got to the point where as the shooting is still going on, he's like starting to hit on the girl again. Yeah, because he's like, well, you yeah, know, this guy can hit anyone anyway. We're good. So there was that. And I did actually decide to look up some of the people. In this movie to see where they are now. Oh boy. So, I'm going to. Do you want me to start with the good news or the bad news? Okay. We're going to. We will build up the bad news. Um, so, Susan Mexner, she was the uh, aerobics instructor that, okay, you know, that beat people's ass. Uh, she was recently arrested for being uh, within the year, actually, as a potential animal hoarder. Uh, All with right. 50 animals in her house, not parrots, but maybe some <laughs> <laughs> nice callback <laughs> she, yeah she, <laughs> she was with some guy who's like i'm stuck in here no uh maybe some parrots but uh she insists that this was one of the rare animal hoarder stories that was not a terrible one uh, because the animals were all alive but it is but the trial hasn't actually happened yet um now emily longstreth she was the quote-unquote good girl that worked at the facility at the the thing, the waitress, uh, you could tell that she was really poised to kind of be the next big thing. Um, she was in that. She was also in uh, Sixteen Candles, I believe. I believe so. I don't really know that movie very well, but uh, she very soon. Had, this is the very depressing one. So sorry, guys. Uh, she after this movie, um, I think she had a situation with one of the the mom type situation where the mom is like a, a crazy theater mom. Uh, she. Somehow had mental health issues disappeared for a while. She ended up homeless. There's not a lot of research on her, but her, she has a brother and someone claiming to be a brother said that she eventually froze to death on the streets in New York, oh, which is wow. depressing as shit.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Um, now this is not super verified. This did come from various chats and various other conversations up to ni- uh, 2019 that I found. Uh, now, some of the good news, the uh, crazy cousin lady. Uh, did she look familiar to anyone? The, the one that was doing all the, that was like taking off her clothes and doing the, yeah, she looked familiar. She was a power ranger, bad guy in many of the seasons Divatox, talks. And she was mm-hmm. in all the power ranger movies or most of the power ranger movies. Uh, but also she is a character in deep space nine. Her name is Hillary shepherd. Uh, she, has also made she's done very well for herself she's also designed many board games for uh for girls so like like um interesting yeah throughout the early 2000s so she's doing fine the one that i was actually super impressed with so the the super blonde girl that was in the aerobics thing and then like ended up the one floating that later up was chasing yeah yeah her name is Karen O'Brien uh she actually went to hollywood get into she went to los angeles to get into politics but ended up in a movie uh after being in movies for a little while she um decided that if if this is her words i believe if one person can can negatively affect the lives of millions like dictators so true can one individual change the world for the better many of the people i met so basically what she ended up doing this this actress in a silly sex comedy actually went to the refugee camps of the kosovo war in 1999 wow and took photography that actually helped at least change the perception of what was going on there, at least revealed it. Um, she's also gone to basically almost all of the world's most dangerous places, including Haiti, Bosnia, Albania, and Cuba. And now she spends almost all of her time exposing human rights abuses, including modern day slavery and human trafficking. And she does this with her three children and she is a badass. Oh, wow. She's awesome. She is awesome. So that's Karen O'Brien. And I, yeah, she Karen has that. She does have a uh, Instagram that shows these just wonderful pictures of, you know, indigenous people and, you know, people uh, persevering, which I thought was really cool. So this I did want to end with that one. The, the, the super cool. pretty, this... yeah. The super pretty blonde uh, aerobics Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. the one who she's
1: Johnny the one Depp Johnny was, chasing. was chasing.
0: Yeah. Wow.
3: That's really cool. Yeah.
0: So I'm trying to think of what else we got with this movie. That was, there's really not a lot to say because like the movie didn't have much of a plot. It was just... Weird crap happening. Oh, the uh, the writer of this movie or the producer of this movie produced two other movies (laughs) which uh, where were I'm trying to find what they were called? One was uh, where did they go? Yeah, private
2: lessons, I believe. Yeah, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, private lessons and like private private
2: something or other, some pervert with too much money.
0: Pretty
2: much, private, and, private. I'm trying to go. Yeah, well, R. Ben
0: Ephraim, private lessons and private school. Those were his other two movies. So apparently, he really liked the word private. He had a thing. Never a good idea to uh, when you could tell people's fetish just by the names of the movies that they make.
1: Yeah.
0: Private. So, yes. So, anyone else, Jimmy? Would you like to continue talking about
2: this movie? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> Fuck this movie.
0: I just finished listening to a podcast about uh, 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 frontal lobotomies. If you'd like to forget this movie um, and also be <laughs> constantly urinate yourself.
2: If anyone wow. has one of those men in black, like mind erasers.
0: Neuralizer.
1: Uh, yeah. a
2: neuralizer. If you could stand six feet away from me and do that shit, I'd appreciate it.
0: I mean, we could still, like, we can still do the lobotomy thing. One of the side effects of the lobotomy is you just sit there smiling and masturbating. And I'm not kidding about that. So, yeah, maybe it, <laughs> it would make the movie like feel better. But anyway, uh, I know the answer here. Should they remake this movie? Hell no. Anyone? Anyone?
2: No, you just said it. I, I don't think you're going to get any Greg. argument, Greg. Yeah, Greg. just Greg. making sure. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah.
0: There, there's been surprises before. Uh, there's the no other two to remake p- this the other two people that would like this movie to go away are in fact Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow who made a pact that they would find every copy of this movie and destroy it however thanks to the wonderful of streaming it uh, still exists so oh well
1: good try yeah yeah but no and that and and how often did Rob Morrow just look creepy when he was like smiling at women for no Ugh. reason
2: all yeah. the time.
3: he just I'm like, to, Dude, he stop, stop it. it. Uh,
2: just, mm, no. Don't see this movie. <laughs> Not out of curiosity. If someone pays you to watch it, they probably don't have good intentions. Like, just don't. Ask for more money. Yeah, don't
3: ever. If you have anything else to do, do that.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: And I
0: apologize to all of humanity.
3: listen it needed to be said
0: (laughs) yeah so now we're gonna before we get into our question of the week we are going to talk about Patreon and of course last week we announced that we have a Patreon and we do of course have our very first patron which we, we announced last week he is a patron of an unusual size so again Alec thank you very much thank you very much Alec and because of him, there is the possibility to possibly get a little bit more of us because for the all of the patrons, if you uh if you get us past the the very first uh stretch goal that we've got there, we will do an extra episode or an extra podcast each month, which will be kind of filling in the blanks between these episodes. It'll be about an hour of us just chatting through some stuff and you'll get a being kind naked. of naked. Being naked, you'll kinda of get a little bit behind the scenes look of of what we do, uh, which will be available only to the patrons. Uh, so if you, if we get a couple more patrons, we are very close to that, to that level. Um, not very expensive. It's a uh, $5. You get invited to our discord chat where you get to really learn a lot about what we're going to talk about each week, which, you know, in some movies, it's actually fun to have seen the movie before we talk about it. Uh, we'll give you early access to the top five list. We'll, um, and on your birthday, we will even make a very own top five list about you.
2: Yeah, and if you're in the chat and and you're a, a a patron and you saw that Greg said, hey, this is a movie that we're going to watch next week you and you've seen it, you could have been like, no, fucking don't watch that movie. And You'll be a bad person. You'll spaghetti. be on a watch
0: list. Now, see, that the bad movies garbage. lead to the better conversation
2: for this one.
0: That's not too bad. You gotta have at least sucks. Angry Rob or Angry Jimmy. Oh, it did suck. But uh yeah, so that's our Patreon. You can get to that patreon.com slash give me five podcast, or you can, of course find it on our website, give five podcast.com. But now the reason you guys are all here is because you are huge what is fans. It mean, Greg? It's because you are all huge fans of private resort. There's gotta be at least some some people that love that movie.
2: They're They're in jail.
0: (laughs) As well they should be. (laughs) I'm very happy that all of those inmates are using their one hour of podcast time to listen to us talk about this movie then. (laughs) But anyway, we are going to do our question of the week. And the question of the week, based on this lovely movie, is – let's see here. What are the top five bathing suit iconic bathing suits in movies – Although I'm thinking some people, film, whatever, yeah, film movies. I think some people have some TV, but I did not. Uh, so that is top five iconic bathing suits,
2: Jimmy. Yes, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off my list with a uh, not a real person, but uh, a character from a film, and that's the film Sherlock Gnome. Uh, Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> that would be the Mankini Gnome. Oh, wow. My number wow, four. He, he
0: zigged when we all zagged.
2: My number four is going to be Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Indeed. As previously mentioned. Number three, Chris Evans in the Whipkini from the movie Not Another, Not Teen, Another movie. Teen Movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> number two, Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: And my number one most iconic bikini in a movie is Zed from the movie Zardoz. Is Sean Connery. Well, I'm going next. And
0: my first one or my number five. So Rob asked a question about was it iconic or was it life changing as a kid? And I looked at my first one and I'm like, I'm going to have to go with iconic. Because my number five is, of course, Borat—the good old uh, neon green uh, pulled-up speedo thing. Number four, the uh, James Bond Ursula Andrus from Doctor No. That um, I think that was actually pretty shocking back in the day as well. The white <laughs> bikini with the with the cool little belt. Surprised mm-hmm. uh,
1: well, uh, by Halle Berry, actually.
0: Yep. They with in, the. They, I
1: believe it was Die Another Day. Is that the one?
0: Yes. Yep. That belt was freaking awesome. Yeah. It uh, was with like the with like dagger the,
1: hanging at her hip. Woo.
0: Yep. That was hot. Number three. I know nothing about this movie, but you heard about people a little bit older than us that always had this poster on their wall, like in the late 70s, early 80s. That was mm-hmm. Bo Derek in 10. Ten. Zardoz. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Bo Derek in Zardoz. The. One I actually saw this movie very late. This was one of my blockbuster era movies, but um, it came out way before that. That would be Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the good old Phoebe Cates one oh, that yeah. fell in at number two, and number one, the one that's pretty much that that would have been probably consensus, at least for most people that I've I've seen. Good old Princess Leia, the uh, the good old slave bikini that even she had a big joke about. You know, she she was like, "Hey, this thing," and. uh, apparently my my wife saw that bikini in person at the this it is in the smithsonian in the smithsonian smithsonian is in the smithsonian which is <laughs> next to the smithsonian and and, <laughs> and and apparently my my wife saw some guy standing there mouth agape staring at it and the guy's wife whoever it was random tourist said hiring a, a divorce lawyer <laughs> no she said do you, do you need to be do you need to be alone it's just a bikini <laughs> And he said – he looked at her and was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not just a bikini. It's not. It's not. <laughs> so that, that would have to be number one. Rob, Omar, and we also have a guest one too. So who would like to go next? Uh, doesn't matter. Do you have a
3: list, Omar? I know that I we, we kind of dropped this on you. No, no, no. I do. I'm good to go. All right. You want me to it. go or you want to go? All right. I have to do a tie for number five. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Because I couldn't really decide. But I'm going to go between Halle Berry, right? Mm-hmm. And Denise Richards and Wild Things. Okay. okay. I forgot about that movie. And number four is Borat. Everyone had Borat. Because we know. Like, yeah. that's awesome. It was great. N- number three, Pamela Anderson in Baywatch. That's classic. Like, it's just a classic thing. Mm-hmm. Number, and I was struggling with this, but I agree with Greg. Number two, Phoebe Cates in Fast Times. And number one is Carrie Fisher in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's just so iconic and classic that it's – there's no question for mm-hmm. that one. Yes. That's my top five, my top six.
1: All right. Well, I I actually did have a couple of honorable mentions because there were some that I wanted to put on my list. and I And going for iconic, I just had to bump them off. Um, but one of the ones that, that stuck out for me and, and the reason it kind of got bumped off the list is because it wasn't iconic so much as it was impactful for me personally. And that was, uh, Selma Hayek in From Dusk Till Dawn.
3: Oh, so that's a, Dude, well done.
1: With the, uh, with the white albino snake and, oh, anyway.
0: And the, and the shock of what happens right after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, yeah, that's, that's exactly. when everything hits the fan
1: yeah and then of course a another entry into my list would be like every james bond movie ever (laughs) um because james james bond movies have a habit of having of having very striking bikini scenes um so they're they're honorable mention but again they're honorable mention less because they're just because they're less iconic and more more impactful bikini scenes um, aside from like the Ursula Andress one, I think that was one that's that's mentioned very often when mm-hmm. when talking
0: about something like this, and even referenced in Austin Powers as well as other bodies. Yes,
1: rights. yes. My my number five is actually going to be Pam and- Pam Anderson from Baywatch. the The revolution of going back to the one piece from from the bikini. Was, was a big step, I think. So that's, that's, that comes in at number five.
2: Yeah, I wear one piece. At
1: number four,
2: what's that? I said I wear one piece because of that. With the zipper all the way down. <laughs> exactly. At number four, I actually had Bridget Bardot
1: in or from oh, nice. the movie Girl in a Bikini. Dude, that's classic. It, if it's not the first, it's one of the first times that a bikini was actually shown in film. So, therefore, it ranks in my top five as iconic. At number three, I've got another classic, and that's Raquel Welch in 10,000 Years B.C. with that little fur bikini that she had. I think at some point, everybody has seen that movie poster of Raquel Welch in that fur bikini, especially if you've seen the movie Shawshank Redemption because it was the poster that was on his wall Mm -hmm. for
0: for quite a while. in Yeah, she's kind of got that, like, like weird stance where she's yeah looks not like specific. she's
1: gonna run away or something or yeah from a dinosaur um so that's that's my iconic iconic bikini number three and number two i have to agree with you as far as iconic as far as impactful i was going to switch them and have phoebe cates at number one but if we're going iconic, it's got to be Phoebe Cates, number two, Carrie, Carrie
0: Fisher in the Leia Bikini at number one. Nice. And, of course, we got a list sent in by one of our patrons. And, it, it, you know, a lot of these uh, ended up. I was wondering, this one, this list was actually more interesting to see what got dropped. Because when I first started the list, actually, Austin Powers was my number five. And then I started remembering the other ones. Mm-hmm. And that one got bumped out. but. Um, Phoebe
1: Cates was the very first one
0: I thought of when you proposed this question. And I actually forgot about about Leia until someone mentioned it, oddly Mm -hmm. enough, because I, but either way, number uh, five was uh, Bridget Fonda uh, from Jackie Brown. Oh, no, from Jackie Brown, Bridget Fonda. Um, Oh, oh,
1: oh, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Because basically she was like, she played like the California, like, I forget what that whole story was, but she spent basically the whole movie in a bikini. Uh,
1: She's wearing Raquel. like
3: jean shorts and a bikini top or something
0: like yep. that. Like she was well, like even even Pam that. Greer in coffee. Yeah. Ooh, From Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. Pam Greer, what's in Jackie Brown? Uh, Raquel Welch, number four. That was, of course, one million, one million years BC, which I don't believe I've actually seen. But also a little bit of a, a cheat, just like Omar did, Ursula Andress, Dr. No. And he's if he he said if he was 80, this is uh, Alec, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Uh, if he was 80, that would be the most iconic. Salma Hayek. Everyone thinks of her scene when you mentioned from *Dust Till Mm -hmm. Dawn, Phoebe Cates, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and switching up a little bit, Halle Berry, Die Another Day. So, another Bond reference. Wow, he didn't even mention Carrie Fisher.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I was like you, Rob, I I originally had Phoebe Cates first,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and Carrie Fisher second. And then I thought, well, wait a second, because it's iconic so that made me switch them like exactly what you said same Mm -hmm. thought process Mm -hmm. because i agree like that as for our age for our generation it would be the carrie fisher slightly beating out the phoebe cates
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah i think so yeah i'd pay to see that movie too yeah so uh (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you yeah, would. Okay, so that was the show. What do we got next week? Who is hosting next week? I screwed this up earlier. Jimmy. So it's got, it is Jimmy.
2: Yes, next week I will be reviewing a book called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's a book that Greg posted. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty creepy, and I've got to tell you, so far it is. Also, we will be reviewing the movie Psychomania. I have not seen it. So we will try and have some fun with that. What do you guys have? Anything? Uh, (sighs) That you know of? If not, it's totally fine. Fuck it.
0: I will probably be a little deeper into the... uh, Giggity. You'll be gone in the dark. (laughs) That was a terrible... That was a very terrible time to do that. The the true dragon... You can lock story. them up, and I'll keep hammering them home. <laughs> yes, because I am talking about the uh, East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer <laughs> documentary that is starting on HBO, uh, which is the worst possible time for Rob to be Rob. But, you know, partially my fault, I understand. So, yeah, I it will It is try never to... a
1: bad time for Rob to be
0: Rob. <laughs> so we'll probably talk a little bit about that. We'll see what else we got going on. How can people contact us to... To inevitably tell us that, you know, with their one phone call they get from prison, that Private Resort is their favorite movie, <laughs> and they are going to shiv us with a filed-down toothbrush. Gimme.
2: Well, you can forward those uh, inquiries to the Give Me 5 podcast at gmail.com. If you have somehow smuggled a phone into your prison cell, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. Find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. Oh, and there's some fireworks! Excellent. And
0: a barking carrier. Go ahead. Must be early July. Yep. In Florida. So. Thanks for listening, guys, and thank you for joining us, Omar.
3: Yes, thanks. thank you for having me, guys. I had a great time, even though I had to watch a uh, private resort, but that's fine. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I watched. I watched the movie, and I'm like, who else can? Who else can I torture? <laughs> Omar's an asshole. Let's make him watch it.
0: Let's <laughs> make like Omar's life just a little worse. Just with- yeah.
3: No, no, no. It brought. It brought the 80s back into sharp focus. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> a decade I lived through and hated it at the time. So, Yeah. Not as
1: fun. <laughs> it's, it's referred to as a decade you survived, basically. That's, yeah, There it
3: is. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Not as fun as being nostalgia makes it seem. It is not. It is terrible. It wasn't like, hey, let's check out Pearl Jam's first album. No, 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 no. I want you to watch a Johnny Depp movie nobody remembers. <laughs> There's another way you can
2: support the show. If you go to giveme5podcast.com, you can check out all of our episodes, download them, and access our store at giveme5podcast.threadless.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Omar, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Rob, thanks, guys. Never a pleasure. Greg, (laughs) never want to talk to you again. You know you love it. Good morning. Good afternoon. And wear your fucking mask. And your Speedo.
0: Spoiler, I'm drinking a very large Irish coffee, bitch.
1: That was not a
0: spoiler.